Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon and Happy New Year to everyone. I'm very excited. This is my first show of 2013, and I have a very special guest, Dr. John McGrail, and he's going to be talking to us about the synthesis effect, which I'm really happy to share uh, this information with you. It's going to be a great show. So let me uh, give a brief introduction of Dr. McGrail, and uh, then we'll start the show. Um, John McGrail, Ph.D., is a renowned hypnotherapist, personal success coach, spiritual teacher, and leading media expert on the topic of personal improvement. A former military officer, aviator, and mass media professional, he has combined more than 30 years of, of teaching, coaching, and mentoring experience with his work in clinical hypnotherapy to create what he calls synthesis, a powerful process for creating personal change and transformation quickly and profoundly. Well, welcome, Dr. McGrell. Thanks, Beth. How are you? I'm doing great, and Happy New Year to you. And to you. I am so excited that you're my first guest of the year, and this is obviously my first show of the year, with this being January 2nd, 2013. And I think this is a really great topic to start the year out with. Well, it is. You know, it's absolutely apt because the synthesis effect and, and my whole process is about helping people bring change into their life, which which is, is tough for most of us to do. And, uh, of course, this is the time of year when we think about those things called resolutions, the promises we make to ourselves every year and usually don't keep. So, yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it when things work out that way. And sometimes they work out that way and you don't really know, you know, what's going on to lead you to uh, to the perfect topic to the, for the perfect year. So. Absolutely. Well, here we are, and I'm I'm delighted to join you. How's the weather down there? In Florida, um, it's actually a little cool today, but it was 75 yesterday, which was nice. Wow, I guess. I was I was traveling over the holidays to Tennessee, and it was so cold, <laughs> and I miss Florida so much. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't blame you. I was in New England myself, and and uh, being from Los Angeles now, uh, it was it was pretty chilly. Yeah, <laughs> I have some family in New England as well, and uh, they're uh, they're suffering pretty much with those uh, with the single degree weather. Absolutely. Well, where would you like to start, Beth? Well, the first question is, what is synthesis? You know, it it is in essence a process, and um, the reason I called it synthesis is because it's a process, as I mentioned, that that helps people literally transform their lives quickly and profoundly, and. Uh, the the word synthesis connotes the the concept of bringing different ingredients together to make a stronger whole, and that's really how this works. It's it's about uh, tapping into the power of our conscious cognitive mind, and also uh, the the unconscious, the subconscious, which is more like the hard drive, the computer, the autopilot is a, is another good way of thinking about it, and that's where most of us operate from most of the time, and it combines a variety of techniques and traditions uh, and methods together and when when you use these tools correctly and it's not really hard and you're a little persistent then it literally helps people create magnificent change in their life quickly and profoundly so that's the reason i call it synthesis and hence the title of the book the synthesis effect the effect of course is that when you're finished although you never really finish i don't i don't suppose but when you have gone through the process your life is is far different and that's that's the effect a happy, empowered life. Rule number one in my method is life is supposed to be fun, and that's what I help people do. Right, and your book is called The Synthesis Effect. It was just published last year, I believe. Yeah, it's been out about nine months now, 
And um, fortunately, doing very well. The reviews on Amazon have been fantastic, and, and you know, I'm obviously delighted. Uh, I don't mean to sound immodest, but I had, I had really high expectations for the book, and it, and it seems to be meeting those for the most part. Great, great. Well, congratulations on that. Um, well, thank you so very much. I appreciate it. And uh, what? How does synthesis work exactly? Well, as I mentioned, it works by combining all of our energy into attaining a, a goal. You know, we we tend to uh, think about uh, our conscious mind as the most powerful part of our mind, and the truth of the matter is it's not. Uh, the subconscious uh, comprises about 90% of the average human mind, and it works very much like a computer. Uh, we are programmed, and I hate to use that word, but it's it's really apt uh, at a very young age. Our Our habits, our behaviors, our values, our attitudes – are all instilled in us very very early on in life, and they're all learned. And the way the subconscious works literally is like a hard drive. Once it's programmed with enough reinforcement, these patterns, these attitudes, uh, values, beliefs, and behaviors become literally automatic. And unfortunately, a lot of us learn uh, negative ones. Uh, we're very diff- hard on ourselves, and we're very self-deprecating, and we don't feel we're worthy or valuable or good enough. And um, synthesis works by taking conscious desire, a commitment to yourself, because you have to commit to yourself, uh, relearning how to love, honor, and respect yourself. This this is the the conscious part of it. I call it the formula for change. Uh, Adding intention and expectation, which produces a marvelous energy. That energy has to be then directed to the subconscious part of the mind. This may sound complex, but it's very, very simple. And once we unlearn these limiting beliefs, these behaviors, patterns, habits, fears, phobias, whatever they are, we then reteach the subconscious computer, if you will, the ones we want, the new ones. And so instead of I'm not enough or I'm focusing on the lack in my life, we flip the coin and begin to focus on sufficiency and abundance and creating the life, literally, of our dreams. And when you bring this together, and again, it's not very hard, it's pretty like a three-step process. One, we create understanding. How did I get this way? Why does my mind work the way it does? Because... I get so many clients in my clinical practice, they'll come in and, and, you know, they'll say, I'll say, well, you know, how long has this been going on, whatever it is, let's say a low self-esteem or anxiety. Well, you know, as long as I can remember, I've just always been like this. And then I'll say, well, how, you know, where did it come from? I don't know. It's just the way it is. So we have to start with understanding. And, you know, they say the old cliche, knowledge is power. Well, knowledge can be very powerful because once a client or a person, any of us, understands how we got to be the way we are, then it begins to shed light on how we can change it. The second part of the process is to provide tools to use to tap into the conscious cognitive mind and to speak directly to the subconscious part of the mind so that we can unlearn and relearn, and then a process through which to use the tools. And that's basically how it works. And as I mentioned, at the other end, we come out uh, feeling really, really good about who we are. We have changed uh, and it's very difficult for human beings to change. We are hardwired to resist change. That's just the way the mind has evolved. So in a nutshell, that's how it works. And, again, it may sound complex, but it really is very simple, and we'll probably break it down as we discuss it. Okay. Well, is there a limit to what synthesis can be used for or applied to? No, absolutely not. That's the beauty of it. It is really, uh, you know, there is no silver bullet or panacea and, of course, it doesn't work for everyone. But the, the beauty of this process, and, and it was developed over many years working with thousands of people in my clinical practice um, and, and helping them transform their lives. So it, it really can be applied across human behavior. 
from from uh, you know basic changes. You know, I work with a lot of people that want to get rid of unhealthy or unwanted habits, or they want to lose that weight. How many of us make that New Year's resolution? I'm going to lose that 15 or 20 pounds or more, or however much it is. They want to lose weight and get in shape, or they just want to feel better about themselves. They want to they want to do better in their careers. I work with a lot of actors because I'm in LA, and uh, I work with a lot of actors and writers and musicians. I work with a lot of athletes at all levels, from professional athletes, baseball, football, uh, gymnastics. I have a couple of Olympic athletes. They want to increase their their level of performance. So really, it it really is applied, or can be applied over the entire spectrum of human behavior, to get unstuck. And then to create the energy and the feelings and that wonderful feeling of knowing that you're being in, you're in control and empowered, um, and and it works really well for most folks. Mm. Can anyone benefit? And how long does it take to to really see the benefits in your own life once well, you, you know, begin the process? You know, Beth, anybody really can benefit. I work with people from all walks of life, and my youngest client is seven years old, and my oldest client is eighty four. And as I mentioned, I work with a lot of athletes and actors and writers and musicians, but most of my clients are just like you and me, everyday people who just want to feel better about how they're living their lives. They want to be less stressed. They want to be less anxious. They want to quit smoking. They want to lose weight. They want to feel more confident in relationships. Uh, They want to do better at work. It really doesn't matter what it is. They want to sleep better. I mean, uh, it can work for anybody, and and I do work with literally um, every walk of life you can imagine, every socioeconomic background, and the vast majority of the people that I work with, both in person and and the folks who have read the book. And again, you know, when I first wrote the book, I had these expectations, but the proof, as they say, is in the pudding. Well, now I've got reviews on Amazon. I've, you know, readers have called in and written me emails, and you know, I'm I'm gratified, humbly so that thousands of people are changing their lives with this process. Hmm. Well, that's, that, is, um, that is a tremendous role you play in people's lives um, to, uh, to, to empower them and to give, to give them back the power. Well, thank you. And that's really what it is. It's about taking back your power. I really love that description, and, and that's so apt because that's what happens to us. And it happens really subtly, uh, and it happens at, at, you know, over time. And then the next thing you know, you're you're in this situation and you're feeling terrible about your life and the way it's working. You don't really know how you got there, and ugh, it's just. A, and and you know, I went through it myself. My, part of this whole process, and the reason I do what I do today is because I went through my own transformation. And that's one of the things that I love about the book is that um, while we're doing this, uh, creating understanding and providing tools and a method uh, to use the tools to change your life. I share stories of people that I've worked with, everyday people, again, like you and me, and I really want to emphasize that. There is no magic here, Um, but I share stories of clients that I've worked with over the years and even my own story. I was a very unhappy camper at one point in my life. I was an addicted smoker. I had a a really painful uh, first marriage, and I was very type A personality, intense, and just not a happy camper. And through going through my transformation and changing my life is the way I was led to doing the work I do, but it also had a big impact on my development of the synthesis process because I use these tools myself, and I know they work. And as I said, I've worked with thousands of people over the last dozen years or so uh, as I've developed this process. And, you know, the other cool thing about it is that it works quickly and profoundly. Now, as I said, there's no magic here. You have to, you have to want it. Uh, and it has to be for you, not because someone wants you to do it. And you have to be willing to commit to yourself. And, and what that simply means is that 
your attitude has got to be, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this done because I deserve it. And sometimes that's where we have to start. I have to convince my clients that they do deserve to have the life they want. We all deserve it. Even if you don't think you do, you do. And then the second part is to show them, to get back to where we started here, that they have the power within them. Every single one of us has everything we need to create the life of our dreams. Now, as I mentioned, most of us need a little help to tap into that power because we, we lose it, we lose sight of it, uh, and often at a very young age. But once, you, once you've relearned how to tap into it, all you have to do is, is put a little consistent effort in it and, and, and literally a little time every day, and it is astounding how quickly and profoundly your life can change. Wow. So forming a habit there would be, um, would be optimal to changing your life. Well, it is very much forming good habits and replacing the bad habits, the bad mm-hmm. attitudes, the negative uh, beliefs about ourselves. You know, so many of us are walking around with limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not sexy enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever enough. And that's drilled into us at a very young age, you know, uh, and, and not on purpose. I, I think most of us, uh, you know, go through this, but our society is – is really singularly talented at focusing on what's not going right. Mm. I call it the lack side of the equation. I'm not enough, not enough, not enough, not enough. And you turn on the news at night, and I don't even watch it very much anymore. All you hear is gloom and doom and all the bad things that have happened. You know, when when do we hear, hey, guess what, folks? Uh, nothing bad happened in New Zealand today, and everybody's celebrating. You just don't hear that stuff. Right. And um, And so it gets drilled into us, and we are bombarded by this noise 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that's why our society is so stressed and distressed and anxious and angry. I mean, you just see it. Uh, there's this undercurrent in so many places. I mean, out here in L.A., um, you know, people are just constantly simmering, and it doesn't take very much for that to release. And so as, as, we, get, as we get entrained, if you will, to think this way, it becomes normal. But that's not the way it's supposed to work. You know, the, the natural flow of energy in the universe in, in, is not an energy of lack and, and insufficiency. It is about abundance and sufficiency and joy. That's how we come into the world. They beat it out of us. And what this process does is, is help people rediscover it. And, boy, life's a lot more fun when it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Um, how does hypnosis play into the process of synthesis? Well, thanks for asking that question because a lot of people have uh, huge misunderstandings about hypnosis and how it works and what it's about. Hypnosis, first of all, is a natural state of consciousness, and I need to say that again to everybody out there. It is a natural state of consciousness. Every one of us, every single day, enters what we would call uh, a natural hypnotic trance uh, several times a day. Anytime, for instance, you watch a movie or even a good TV show and you get totally hooked into the show and you're feeling these emotions as the show unfolds or the movie unfolds, you're basically in hypnosis. You're responding to suggestions. Your subconscious mind has taken over and it can't tell the difference between reality and illusion, so the movie feels real for those two hours. Uh, anytime you're driving down the freeway and daydreaming and you kind of zone out and all of a sudden you say, oh my God, where am I? Where's my exit? What, what have I been doing? Well, you've been in hypnosis. You're driving the car. You're awake, but your mind is somewhere else. Uh, when we fall asleep at night, uh, we go through the same exact transition. So it's a natural state of consciousness. And the way it plays into this process is that it, because it's a natural state of consciousness and because it creates a very open and receptive state of mind, it allows us to talk directly to that subconscious part of our mind that we talked about a little bit ago. And again, to remind everybody out there, our subconscious mind 
cannot tell the difference between reality and illusion. It will believe whatever it's told that it is very innocent. It's like a three-year-old and it never grows up. And so because these negative habits, these negative patterns, these, these self-deprecating uh, uh, um, attitudes and beliefs are basically programmed into the subconscious, what we do, figuratively speaking, is take that old software out and then reteach the subconscious mind the new patterns we want, the new attitudes we want, the new beliefs we want. And with reinforcement, everything needs to be reinforced, and it's very simple. It's you know a little daily time every day. The, the old patterns are gone, uh, sort of erased off the hard drive, and the new ones become the automatic programs. And pretty soon, uh, and, you know, what was a struggle becomes as natural as breathing. So that's how hypnosis plays into the, into the process. It's, a, it's like a tool. It's like a screwdriver or a wrench. It creates a state of mind to unlearn what you don't want and to relearn what you do want. There's nothing more to it than that. Anything else you've heard about it is myth. <laughs> And uh, there's a lot of that out there, a lot of bad movies, and, and uh, you know people just have misconceptions and, and misunderstandings. Hypnosis has been used as a tool for healing and creating change and growth in people for 7,000 years. And if something's been around for 7,000 years, there's got to be a reason. And the reason is that it works, and it works really, really well if it's applied correctly. Mm. It sounds very powerful. It absolutely is. I mean, just think of the power of a really good film. I... I saw um, a movie over the holidays, Lincoln, which, by the way, I recommend to everybody. It's tremendous. Um, but for those two hours, I was totally in that world, and you're feeling these feelings, whether it's fear or joy or sorrow. That is basically the effect of hypnosis. Now, of course, in a movie, it's over in two hours. There's no real reinforcement. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to suggest to everybody, all the listeners out there, I'm sure you've all had this experience, where you go to a film and you walk out and you say, oh, boy, I feel so good. I'm going to be just like that character. That, that character really inspired me. And it lasts for a day or two, and then it kind of fades away. Well, when you apply that state of mind in a much more profound way and then reinforcement with the appropriate repetition and, and reinforcement, what, that, that attitude stays with you. And the other part of it is that it also ha- helps us tap into the spiritual part of our mind, which you know we in Western society don't give much credence to, unfortunately. And it's a very powerful part of the mind, in fact, the most powerful part of the mind. So it really, uh, again, to use a cliche, it helps us uh, balance and integrate physical, emotional, and spiritual energy. And it's all just energy. How you use your energy is what makes your life good or bad, happy or sad, fun or not. Mm. And your methods are based upon the the presupposition that we create our own reality. Just what does that mean? Well, again, um, it it really uh, relates to some of the recent discoveries over the last 50 to 75 years in in a science called quantum physics. And uh, unfortunately, like so many things that are powerful, quantum physics is sometimes abused uh, by people who, uh, you know, don't understand it. But the the essential uh notion behind this and there's there's so much science behind this that it, you know it's irrefutable now is that everything in existence is really created from the same basic energy there is a fundamental universal energy you can call it whatever you want that um is is the basis of everything in existence including us and you know the human being is a is a marvelous miraculous um, um expression of this universal energy we but but what we really are are energy machines so your thoughts your feelings your emotions all of that 
uh, all of those those dynamics are our energy, and there is enormous science behind the fact that our thoughts literally have an effect on our environment. There's a law in physics and, uh, called the law of attraction, and basically, if you think of gravity, for instance, the natural flow of energy in the universe is an energy of attraction. And there's another saying that you hear all the time, like attracts like, birds of a feather flock together, so to speak. And so if you think about how you're thinking and how you're behaving and how you're acting, that's energy that you're projecting out. Well, that energy is going to attract a like energy back. And so even though it feels like life is happening to us and we tend to be very reactive, in reality, and again, there's enormous science behind this. I'm not making this up. Uh, They're proving this in laboratories around the globe. In reality, how we're behaving and acting and feeling and thinking is what is creating our reality. And so once you grasp that and understand it, it gives you enormous power because you can create whatever reality you want. And you can go from being reactive, usually in a negative sense, to being what I like to call responsive. So with a little practice, as things are happening that are out of your control, because there are 7 billion of us and we're all, we're all, we all have our own agenda, we all want what we want. And so there are going to be experiences and, and uh, situations um, and occurrences that are beyond our control but as they happen, you can choose how you react to them and how you behave, and that is incredibly empowering. Mm. Certainly sounds like it. Um, what's new about your method and that hasn't been seen before? Well, Beth, I don't know that there's anything particularly new. And, and <laughs> as I say that, people are probably say, oh, well, you know, same old stuff. I think, you know, first of all, human beings, modern, we've been, uh, you know, what we call modern humanity for about 300,000 years or so, maybe lo- longer with some of the recent discoveries. So while I don't think there's anything particularly new, I think what is new is the way I put it together. Um, I have taken um, um, knowledge and wisdom that is as old as our species and knowledge and wisdom that is brand new and methods and techniques, and, and you know, again, this was a, a process that took years to, to formulate, but over years of working with thousands of people, helping them create change in their lives, I found a way to put these energies and techniques and methods together um, that makes it very easy to understand, easy to grasp, uh, and logical. And, and once something is easy and understandable uh, with the right tools, uh, and using the tools in the right way, uh, you know, it becomes a very profound experience. And I think if, if there's anything new, it's that it, it is a very uh, logical, understandable process. So I'm, my method, even though we're tapping into the subconscious and spiritual part of the mind with the tools, it really resonates with Western thinking, which is I'll believe it when I see it. And I think that's probably what's new. Uh, and people are just responding tremendously. Again, again, when I wrote the book, I, I said, well, this is what I hope is going to happen. And the reason I wrote the book is because I had so many of my clients say, you know, I can't believe how great I'm feeling and how fast it happened. You've got to write a book about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard it so many times, you know, literally for several years. And I finally said, okay, well, um, I don't know if I can do it, but I'll try. And uh, I had written a lot of articles, but that's much different. And anyway, so I had these huge expectations and hopes for the results. And, you know, now that the reviews are coming in and uh, I'm getting calls and emails from literally all over the world, I got a, an email from a gentleman in Singapore last week, and he said, you know, I'm a, I'm a Buddhist and, and uh, you know, Eastern thinkers are, are, you know, too esoteric and Western thinkers are too empirical, and you have found the perfect balance. Mm-hmm. So, again, maybe that's what's new. I found a way to bring it together so it makes sense. We're all the same. 
it's just a question of learning how to how to um, make the mind do do what you want it to do rather than what it's learned to do. Right. So you're saying that that when we're born, we're sort of born into this happiness sort of uh, almost zen-like state, and then then we get all this um, information given to us that tells us we're not enough in whatever way you know in whatever manner it manifests itself and um and those and those uh thoughts need to be unlearned and your process helps people um unlearn those unlearn those thoughts unlearn those feelings uh things like that yes that's exactly it uh we are all born knowing that we're perfect little beings we are all born with absolutely bu- abundant and and vast amounts of self-esteem uh, when we're born and when we're very little, there's no such thing as failure. Can you imagine, Beth, uh, what it would be like if people had the concept of failure that we have as adults when they were trying to learn how to walk? Right. Because whether we remember it or not, most of us don't, obviously. When we first try to learn to do this thing, that we, we see these big versions of us walking around and we say, boy, that would be kind of cool to do. I think I'll do it too because we realize we have legs and we try to stand up and we probably fall down a thousand times. But if you ever watch a, a, a little toddler learning how to stand and walk, there's a huge smile on their face. They they are joyfully in the process of learning something they want to do. Now imagine if there was someone standing over them saying, "What's the matter with you? You should have been up months ago." Oh, why can't you? Oh, you what? A, nobody would walk. We say, "Okay." So yeah, we learn this. We learn failure. We learn um, uh, low self-esteem because we have people saying, you're, "Why can't you be more like so and so?" Look at them. You know, if you're not a doctor, if you're not a lawyer, you're nothing. And on and on and on and on and on. And that's just you know that's the sort of mantra of Western society is lack, 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 lack. And we do learn it. And boy, we learn it. And and um, uh, consistent effort. It's not very hard to get to a place where your life is working so well that you are virtually free of suffering. And that's a marvelous state of being. Hmm. That certainly is, um, and uh, that's a, that's a really great way to um, to think of the new year. Even you know, a lot of people like to sort of come to themselves in the beginning of the new year and, and figure out what's what's working and what's not, and uh, and being at peace with yourself um, is probably the. Old- you get this really deep sense of sort of satisfaction and um, I like to call it delicious anticipation because it feels really good to think about how great your life is going to work when you've done whatever it is you're going to do. Mm. That is that is a perfect example of feeling the spiritual energy within you. That is your true being saying, yep, this is the way it's supposed to be. Now, of course, what happens is we start out and for a few days or a few weeks, maybe even a month or two, things are going along pretty well. But because we're only using the conscious part of our mind, that's what these tools are about. But, yeah, it's a great time of year to think about that. I, it, it starts with this, and I want to say this again to everybody out there. You deserve to have the life you want. You have everything you need inside you to create that life. I promise you, you do. And it's just a question of learning how to tap into that power. Finally, most people need a little help making that happen. And so that's what my book and other books like it are meant to do or people like me. And once you get that help and you learn how to tap into that power, you can do whatever you want, literally, within, you know, the gifts that you were given by the creator. Um, One of the um, concepts uh, or terms that you use is practical enlightenment. Yes. Um, Can anyone really achieve such a state? Absolutely. You know, and and it goes back to, uh, uh, again, think of it this way. We are creatures of choice. 
everything doesn't feel this way, but this is the way it really works. Everything we think, do, say, and feel uh, creepy people. So if we're making choices that serve our growth, our well-being, and the greater good in real time, then suffering pretty much goes away. And as I mentioned before, you can learn to live your life with a little consistent effort, virtually free of suffering. Now, the reason I call it practical enlightenment, I got this from um, from the Buddha who said, who said many hundreds of years ago, enlightenment is the end of suffering. And I couldn't think of a better definition of enlightenment than that. Now, very few of us, and, and I talk a lot about this in the book, I actually I call that practical enlightenment because you're almost free of suffering. That's, and it's a really good way to go about the business of life. Mm, definitely. Yeah. How long does it take to overcome an issue using your method, like, say, chronic stress or anxiety or, or something along those lines? Well, there is no set uh, uh, time schedule. Everybody responds uh, in their own way. And what I tell the clients I work with in, in workshops or seminars or, or my private clients in my clinical practice uh, is this. It doesn't work in life quite so much. So you have to realize that it is a process. It's a step at a time, a choice at a time, a thought at a time. It can happen very quickly. Most of the folks I work with uh, in my, my clinical practice are only with me for a few weeks, you know, two to four to five sessions. Um, and then they have the tools and the know-how uh, to use the tools, and they're in the process. So once you're in the process, it's just a question of maintaining the process. But because it feels so good, you know, one small change, and it can be as simple as getting over a nail-biting habit, for instance, or quitting smoking. Um, well, that's not a small change. It's a big one, but it's a major big one. Um, but one change then, because now you have this technique, and you say, ah, well, if I can do that, I can do this, and if I can do that, I can do this. And the next thing you know, you're, you can apply it over your entire life. So um, generally, very quickly, uh, with practice, two, it is a process, and it does take consistent effort. But once you sort of got over the get over the hump, the way I like to describe it is it's like pushing a snowball off the top of a hill, um, and it's a very wet, sticky snow. One day, give it three weeks of consistent effort, and you you will feel differently. Your life will have have changed significantly. Um, okay. Well, the final question um, I'd like to ask is why is your book and your process different? Well, you know, again, I I uh, I wrote the book with very specific intentions. First of all, I've read, and I'm sure you have too. Most of us have read tons and tons of self-help books. There's there's hundreds of them, and if you go into Barnes and Noble or Amazon, and one of the things that my experience has been over the years is that it it so often feels like whomever wrote the book is preaching to me, like they're they're sort of up here and I'm down there, and they're saying do this, do this, do this, do this. And that never left a good feeling in me. The other thing is a lot of the things they tell you to do, um, and this is just my opinion, are are just not very practical. It doesn't feel like it's something I can incorporate into my everyday life. So when I wrote my book, number one, I didn't want it to be preachy. I wanted it to be kind of like a conversation. I wanted it to be casual. It takes you know the best of Western thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've studied a lot of uh, Eastern uh, philosophy over the years, and, and there are you know, I too am not only fascinated by it, but uh, they've been around a lot longer than we have. And uh, I also have done a lot of study in, in you know uh, in the native philosophies, the uh, Aboriginal peoples of the world. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to take the both the easiest, the best of all of that and put it together in this recipe called synthesis. And um, I and I greatly uh, appreciate people like you who are on the show page. I have that up for you. 
You can visit his uh, website, and the book is available just about anywhere. I'm assuming. Well, it's finished. It's it's completed its first run in the print sh- in the brick and mortar stores. Um, okay. The, yeah. So that that first run is over. I'm hoping for a second printing and, and another release, but it's definitely available on Amazon still and BarnesandNoble.com, both in paperback and uh, in e-form. And if any of your listeners out there uh, are curious and want to contact me, they can do that through my website. I'll end it with that, unless you have anything more you'd like to add. Well, I would just like to wish everybody uh, and you, Beth, a, a, a wonderful 2013. Um, you know, we, we the, the world didn't end in December, uh, but the world as we knew it may have. Maybe this is going to be a shift uh, in in mass consciousness, and it's going to happen an in, in individual at a time. So I wish you all and a, a happy, joyful, abundant year. And again, Beth, my my sincere thanks for um, for your generosity and having me on the show today. Absolutely. Well, thank you, and happy New Year to you, Dr. McGrail. Thank and, you so uh, much. And for the success design, this is Beth Chankel Anderson signing off.